0: The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. d
1: and John Cadell are with us and we're going to spend quite a bit of time today reviewing two big new albums that came out over the weekend. And I'm going to show bias by starting not with Taylor Swift but with Arctic Monkeys. So let's hear a little bit of Body Paint. I'm
0: watching your every move I feel the tears are coming on it won't be long, it won't be long. Straight from the curve, a shoot, steal a trace of body paint. On your legs, and on your arms, and on your face. And I'm keeping on my car. if you're thinking of me, I'm probably thinking of you.
1: OK, because I know what John Goodell's going to say.
2: Do you ready? What do you think? Yeah, I really, really, really liked it. I have to say... Um, one of your textures last week um, mentioned that it sounded quite Bowie-esque. And having heard the full album now, um, I actually agree even more heartily with that. Like the opening track on the record, There'd Better Be a Mirable, actually just immediately put me in mind of Rock and Roll Suicide um, by Bowie. Um, but it, th- there's just, uh, there's so many rich Vocal references beyond that. Like, there's this incredible, uh, like, kind of orchestral um, arrangements. But the strings are terrific. Oh, they're in fantastic. It. Um, but then there's some really, really interesting um, sort of vocal. Inf- well, I don't know if all of them would be influences, references in some cases, but like Len Yakman being one, Richard Hawley being one that a lot of people have commented on. Weirdly, though, <clears throat> one of the tracks, um, I think it's Mr. Schwartz. I was like, what is that reminding me of? And it was actually that 1998 song by Robbie Williams, No Regrets, um, which had completely gone out of my mind in the intervening period. Oh, no, you've brought it back but into I, my I mind. But I had absolutely loved at the time. And it's funny because I remembered then the the music video for that. He's kind of a crooner in a La- Las Vegas sort of performance and he walks out and um, and yeah it just it like it strikingly put me in mind of that but then you know Neil um, Neil Hannon of the Divine Comedy and Neil Tennant of Pet Shop Boys were involved and did vocal, track, vocal backing tracks on that song so it's no surprise that, that that's maybe what triggered that in me
1: Okay let's hear another little bit of one of the tracks this is Hello You
0: Overtaking the tractor Waiting for sets of wands and bones To level out To Picking a moment along the country lane The kind where the heart
1: I expect you to violently disagree with me when I suggest this is a great 1970s album for the 21st century.
3: I would agree wholeheartedly with you, Matt. What? Um, yeah, no, look, the thing, like, there's a long-running thing on this slot that I detest their last album. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was arch and I thought it was willfully obdurate, but it's not. This is who Arctic Monkeys are now. That wasn't just a phase. This is the second album of their adult period. This is the band that everybody who got into Arctic Monkeys never thought they would become. I think they'll be fighting against their first five albums for the rest of their career. Um, he's comfortable being D already used the word, a crooner. Um, we said the strings, the strings on practically every track on the album. There isn't what you might call a banger on the album. If there if there is some ferocity, it's you know, it's here and there. There's no um, bouncy pogo tracks on it because they're just not that band anymore. And more importantly, Alex Turner isn't 19 anymore. And he is like, let's be honest, he is the creative force behind Arctic Monkeys. The other guys, very, very accomplished musicians, but they're band players. uh, They're doing Alex's bidding very much when it comes to the arrangements on the songs. So, I mean, yeah, I, I didn't like the last album. I came to this one with an open mind because I didn't know what it was going to be. But if you're just talking about songs, it's a very, very enjoyable album. And I admire Alex Turner for turning his back on what the majority of the public would have liked him to do.
1: I think he keeps getting better as you listen to it. Uh, But one listener says pretentious twaddle from the Arctic Monkeys and I'm a fan who is paid to see them live. The only thing it did make me think about, John, was that they're playing Malahide Castle next Mm. summer. Outdoor venue, Mm. 20,000 plus people who will be expecting Mm -hmm. A.M., and dance floor and various other yeah. things like that, rather than this, I would imagine.
3: But any band who has any sort of a back catalogue that's revered yeah. is always fighting against their past selves. And I would imagine that, yes, they will play I Bet You Look Good in the dance floor. But as far as Alex Turner is concerned, he's doing a cover because he's, he's probably doing it through gritted teeth.
2: And he's not that person. He's either.
3: not. He's, I mean, you think when, when Alex Turner first came out, he was like spitting out his lyrics in a northern sort of drawl. And the guitar was a bit too big for him and he had this floppy fringe. And that's how a lot of people still think of Arctic Monkeys.
1: Comments flying in. John says, Arctic Monkeys' new album is Muck, not a song that you'd want to bop to at Glastonbury in a rainy night. Mm. The whole album has the same dreary tempo. Thank God they only played one song of it at the end of Electric (laughs) Picnic. Another one says, you've probably played the worst song in the album. I'm a massive AM fan. I listened to the album without prejudice like I was listening to a new band and it's pretty good bar a couple of songs. But another one says The car is very cinematic Brilliant album Hello You is a masterpiece Uh, Let's have one snippet One more track Jet Skis on the Moat
0: So much for deciding Not to let it slide While the pink job
1: drives, when it's over, y'all Ah, I love it. Uh, it's another listener says, strong Beatles influence. Yep, that's what we said last week when we heard one, the first single. Mm. There is very much sort of a white album feel on some of the tracks. What about Taylor Swift? What's Midnight Like, T?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I... I I wasn't blown away, I have to say. I um, maybe I was expecting too much, and or I wanted something more poptastic and and disco infused, um, and maybe my idea of the type of music that is suited to midnight or after differs from Taylor's. Mm. It's very ethereal and very atmospheric, um, but not. It doesn't have the same level of. I, I, they're both low tempo but it doesn't have the same level of you know or, or, orchestral kind of energy to it than say the Arctic Monkeys does um, she has Lana Del Rey um, guest on one of the tracks and actually I don't think that was a great move Well
1: actually let's hear a little bit of that one but Lana Del Rey this is Snow on the Beach
0: One night a few go Bye.
2: I think the problem with having Lana Del Rey there is it just reminds me that Lana Del Rey is better at that type of music like her her music is a bit more lush. Um and it's a shame because I like it is it is Outselling currently um, Arctic Monkeys in the charts, um, and I think that actually maybe speaks to some of the texts that you've gotten in. Like Taylor's fans will allow her to try new things, and they will allow her flex different muscles. Whereas maybe the Arctic Monkeys fans aren't as open to that.
3: But the other thing is the o- the only reason that we're comparing these two albums is, is because, because of the time because they were released on the same day. You know, it's it's not that one album is better than the other. I think, and nor do I think you're saying that. To no, you, no, but. I mean, they're they're both sort of, as you said, they're both of a similar downbeat tempo. What this album did for me, though, was just sort of washed over me a bit. I didn't feel like there was that much sonically different between one song and the next. Now... I'm probably uh, disappointed for the very reason that I'm giving out about old-school Arctic Monkeys fans being disappointed. I thought we were due an album of pop bangers from Taylor after her last couple of folky outings. Well, this listener here great. says,
1: Taylor Swift's new album feels like retreading old ground. Maybe this is intentional, but I was a little let down. She needs to move away from Jack Antonoff as producer mm. and go in a new direction to do something exciting again, like she did with Folklore and Evermore.
3: Well, I I, I think an al- an artist... Who had this as their first or second album would have, you know, would have got dropped.
2: They wouldn't be Taylor Swift.
3: Taylor has yeah. like earned the right to make this album nine or ten albums into her career, but it's just it just seems to be lacking a bit. I mean, the album's called Midnight's and it's about those horrible nights you have, where dark nights of the soul. Uh, everybody gets them where you're not have to worry about anything the way you worry at something about something mm. at three a.m. You know, and so that obviously informs the way the album sounds because it's, it's not a particularly pleasant concept.
1: Well, let's take another track. Let's take Antihero. I should
3: not be led
0: to my own devices They come with prices and vices I end up in crisis this time. I wake up screaming from dreaming one day
2: It just <laughs> you like you it? It? I mean, the thing, like, that was actually <clears throat> probably one of my favourite songs mm. on the album, Antihero. But for me, the, the sort of value to it is actually in her lyrics. And, and, and in fact, you could say that about the album overall, where she is best on this. Um, and where she always delivers, is very clever lyrics. Like there's a line in Antihero where she says, I'm a monster on the hill, too big to hang out with, or one in Mastermind where she says, I'm only cryptic and Machiavellian because I care. Um, and she is an excellent songwriter, but I, I, I tend to agree with that texture there that says maybe she needs to work with a different producer because it does, it does feel one note.
3: Or maybe she's just doing exactly what she wants to do and, and let her at it. But you would, you know, I think she does, I don't know. I think I would like to see her reclaim her place as the crown princess of pop because she can write, you know, massive pop songs, probably in her sleep, but knows that she can. And and it's probably boring to her. So she's doing exactly what she wants to do. I just don't, I don't know, will the Swifties the Swifties will well, probably embrace Swifties it. Swifties are getting they in will.
1: touch. One says, you're a bit harsh on Taylor and her producer. The album is brilliant and Taylor and her producer have a good working relationship. Another listener says, growing men listening to Taylor Swift.
3: No, I have no comment on that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Alright, we have to leave it there. Thank you very much, both of you, uh, D-Ready and John Cadell. The
0: Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.